possess your inheritance. Just want to rejoice this morning. It's the sound of victory in the camp. Brother Jerry, it's good to see you. Rest of the family, welcome to the house of God. God bless you. We don't want to make it as if you're strangers. You're just home. So welcome home. <laughs> Amen. Let's start with the chorus.
declaration. Praise the Lord. Maybe if we just turn to prayer, um, ask for the EBA if you could come open the service in a word of prayer, please. Just sing that little song, We Fall Down, We Lay Our Crowns at the Feet of Jesus. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. 
us. If you have a need, let it be known with your uplifted hand. Just have one testimony from Sister Rena Witt. So so thankful, Sister Rena, for a testimony. She says, thank the Lord for healing my foot. And praise God for the prayers of the saints. One battle won, but the war still rages. In everything, I give him thanks. God bless you, Sister Rena. We give him thanks with you. Amen. Just sing that one more time as Brother EBA comes. We fall down, we lay our ground at the feet of Jesus. Oh, the great hands of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. Father, we come to you this morning as the source and giver of life. We worship and exalt your name. We thank you for all that you've done for us from the beginning of the week. And today being Sunday, we're going to a new week. I pray that, Lord, you have your way. We've come to be fed from you this morning. Father, as we're just singing, we're tired of living under privilege. So therefore, there's nothing that stops us from raising up our hands to claim our healing, to claim our victory, to claim our peace, to claim our deliverance. There is nothing stopping us this morning from stepping out to claim all that you have for us. And so in the name of Jesus, we claim our peace. We claim our healing. We claim our deliverance. We claim that even our family is saved. Because these, the token message was preached for our family. So we claim them, Lord. We refuse to live under privilege, Father. Anyone tormented this morning can be set free. Anyone in depression can be set free. Anyone lost can be saved. Anyone sick can be healed. Lord, we are claiming your promises this morning. We claim your promises. You say, ask anything you need in my name. You say, I will do it for you. Your joy may be full. Lord, we thank you because we know you've heard us, Lord. We've come this morning. We pray for the man of God that will be coming forth to speak the word. You lift him by your hands, O God, that he will see from the eternal realm and speak words to our soul that will have an internal impact, O God, in us. Those who are unable to make it and those who are still on their way, we pray for safe journey. And those who have to stream from their various homes, wherever they are, I pray that the same very presence of God here will be with them there, Lord. want to use this medium to pray for our beloved brother Tom. I pray that, Lord, your spirit will be with him. You bless his journey. You anoint his ministry, Lord, even as he's going out there to speak. And you give him words that he will speak words of life to the people. Lord, we pray you bless us this morning, Lord. Anoint our heart to receive from you, God. Bless us so much that we can go away from here and say, yes, indeed, we were in that service. Indeed, it moved. Indeed, it touched me. Indeed, it did something for me. Indeed, it changed my life, Father. 
It's not just an, another Sunday, come worship. Lord, it's a time for a transformation. It's a time for a real change in our soul, Lord, I pray. That the word today, Lord, will have a, will have a free course to our life, Lord. And will change us and we will live here better than we came. We pray for the offerings and the tithe that it will be used for your glory and for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, I pray anyone there who may be having some special need, Lord, and could not say it out, you know every need. Many things we could not say out to our fellow friends, but we can say it to you because you understand us. So I pray that you come by our way and meet those needs, oh God. Let anyone who have faith for their healing, faith for a miracle in their life, receive it this morning, Father. Father, we have not just come to gather, sing song, and shout amen, and just, uh, we've come for something, we've come, we mean business, we come for business, Lord. We've come to have an encounter with you, something that will make us better than we were just this past week. We want to live higher, go higher, grow higher in your presence. That's why we are here, Lord. We pray that you will not pass us by, Lord, as the angel of the Lord will be sweeping across this church this morning. Lord, remember me too, Lord. Come by my seat. Touch me. I need a touch from you, Lord. We all need a touch from you. We all need you to do something in our life. Thank you, Father, because we know you've had an answer. Have that own way, God. Even as we continue with the song services and every other activities today, Lord, bless it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. the EBA. God bless you. You may have your seats. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like this.
ready for your special. We'll just sing that song one more time as she comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. We're here to worship his holy name. We're here to sing like never before, to lift up our souls, to lift up our knees before him, give him praise and adoration and worship. He deserves it. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
for a city whose build and maker is God. Our Father Abraham has gone on before. We keep looking unto Jesus. We keep pressing on. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. We are growing from faith unto faith. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. My, some of those songs I was thinking of where I just was in the last few weeks. Victory is mine. We sang that a little bit different where I was a few weeks ago. I think there was some movement going on and victory is mine. It was a good time. Amen. We would have led right into Rise, Possession, Inheritance. And my goodness, I'm sure there would have been a lot of action <laughs> in a few of them buildings where I was. Amen. We'll just transport all of us there. We'll come back here a little, little interesting, wouldn't it? I love it. I love it. Maybe on Wednesday we'll give you a little video, a few video clips of, of what it is that the saints are over there in Uganda. Amen. Brother Jerry, I did indeed see you there. God bless you. So good to see you. Been a long time, huh? Amen. Wonderful. Different visitors that are here this morning, we greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful you could join us this morning. Pray the word is, strikes your soul in a way that never has before. Amen. Amen. But Tom did send his greetings from Dallas. He's preaching just, I think, probably in the midst or almost finishing. He says, Brother, Brother David McGeary and the saints there greet you all in the name of our Lord. He says, appreciate his prayers, your prayers as well through the weekend there. They've been having a wonderful time, and we'll sure, I'm sure we'll hear a report of that. I got a, just a couple. Uh, I just want to clarify some details for the next couple weeks of the Thanksgiving weekend up at the camp, uh, just so that everybody is a little bit clear. Uh, it's five o'clock dinner on Saturday, and we'll be having just a just a evening of fellowship there on the Saturday evening, and then Sunday morning we'll be having service. 
at the camp there. Uh, if, you're, if you're coming for the evening or for the meal, we do need to know and have a count, of course, because we want to make sure that you have something to eat and you're not just holding a knife and fork and an empty plate. So you, we need to know who's coming. And so we just want everybody to please contact Sister Megan here at the office and just let her know that you're going to be uh, attending. And we'll be then sending out an email that will, uh, it's a potluck of sorts, and so there will be uh, some options on what you can sign up to bring uh, for food on the evening there. And so please please do that because we want to make sure that there's enough enough food, all right? Uh, if you do plan to stay the evening, we also need to know that as well and, and ASAP because already um, all meals except for the Saturday night, so make sure you get this real clear, all meals except for Saturday night are on your, your responsibility, all right? We're not doing a full camp, um, you know, cookout, cookout there. So um, there's limited, obviously limited facilities that can accommodate that, and some families are going to have to kind of work together. You know, different cabins have kitchens. Uh, so we do need to know immediately if you're planning to stay at the camp. I know many have already given us that um, notice, and so we do have a number of there. So there's very there's some limited uh, options already. So please let uh, us know. Either contact uh, myself or Sister Abigail in regard to uh, staying on grounds. I think that's everything I'm looking for. My wife, did that sound about right? Good. And uh, this afternoon, we're just having a little bit of a fellowship this afternoon at 3 o'clock. I know it was been on the board. It's just a time to spend some time with our brother, Frank Fletcher, who doesn't have the opportunity to, uh, to see everybody as often. And so that's this afternoon, just a little bit of a, a little time with brother Frank. So that's at 3 o'clock. If you're able to make it, that'll be wonderful. If not, we'll see you. Maybe there'll be another time. Amen. I think that's everything. Brother Dan. Sorry. My goodness, the most important part of the... I have a uh, testimony to give, my opportunity to give that. And I'm going to bring it up here because I have to read the details. Amen. Sister Francine, I get to give a testimony for you. Amen. We've been praying, haven't we? Amen. Yes, we have. And amen, the body's been praying, but our Emmanuel sent, uh, sent some, some notes here on it, and he said a couple months ago, Sister Francine, your white blood cell count remained slightly above the normal range. And, uh, and her oncologist had just changed some medication. And, and, uh, and so on October 10th, we had prayer. You came up for prayer and we prayed. And, and uh, things started to try keep going. And by week three, the white blood cell count was at 63. And, uh, but her manual writes that's higher than 59, which was the level about seven years ago. It was at 59. And so it had been the highest it ever had been on October uh, on October 10th, October 25th, Monday night, believers and the brothers went for prayer, kept praying and putting it before the Lord. And Wednesday again, just holding it before the Lord, praying and asking the Lord to intervene. And uh, the, your doctor family, the family doctor ordered to stop some new medication that Sister Francine had been put on. And on Thursday, on the 28th, there were some tests and some IV flushing that was that was done. And again on Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday, October 31st, Prayers ascending up to the throne of grace before the Lord from the from the church and on the on Sister Francine's behalf, and things started to now change and uh, her what, the white blood cell count began going down from 123 is what Brother Emmanuel wrote down there. That's an that's incredibly high, but as of today or as of November 8th, it was a 20.5. Amen. All glory to our Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's power in prayer, Sister Francine. Amen. The answer's on its way. Amen. We might pray. 
We put it before the Lord. You just keep holding that. Amen. Our faith is anchored in the rock of ages. Cleft for me. Amen. Amen. 20.5, November 8th. You just hold that faith anchored and strong. God bless you. Amen. Prayer works. Bottom line. Easy. Easy answer. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. On that note, we'll just call up Sister Sister Sharon Gindo. I believe I saw her walking in the back there for her special and her, whoever's going to be singing with her. We're thankful this morning to be in the house of God. Amen? And I just had this, this little scripture wrote down. It was Psalms 105. Just I wanted to have it before me, and I just think I'll read it to you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds amongst the people. So we thank the Lord for that testimony. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of his wondrous works. Amen? What a wonderful God that we serve. Let's just sing that song. No longer slaves, you unravel me. Sister Sharon comes. You unravel me with the melody. You surround Some began to praise the Lord 
come? Is that your testimony this morning? Has darkness been changed to light in your life? Amen. Let's just raise our hands. Let's just worship him. He's in the house. Let's just sing the chorus. song Elila Elohim Lord we come to worship you first the verse yeah Lord we come to you in worship no matter what the
heads to bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, in the spirit of a worship, we approach you, Lord. Because, Lord, you are worthy for all the praise. Lord, if you haven't done anything, Lord, the worship is just in vain. The worship is just some facade. But, Lord, we worship you because you've done so much to us, Lord. You've done such a great thing in our life. Lord, you give us a word that has delivered us. You give us a word that has a comfort at us. Your presence has come to drive away all the dark clouds. Lord, you saved the person probably that nobody think that can be saved. Lord, you healed the case that people were thinking there's no hope for it. Because you are the great Jehovah God. We thank you, Lord. We want it with all our heart to come to worship you. Lord, we have so many things that we are thankful, Lord. So many things that we can say that our God has done a great thing for us. We thank you, Lord. Lord, as we are going to open up your scripture, Lord, this is your word. We ask your presence to come again, to speak, to fellowship with your children, to meet our need. Lord, that will become a one step closer to the rapture, to the body change. Lord, one day what we preached about, it will come to the final moment and everything will be fulfilled. We're closer to the Bible and everything will be, be eternally done. And Lord, then we will be eternally to be with our God. We're looking forward for that moment. But while we are still on this earth, Lord, give us the courage. Let us as a battle against the Satan. Lord, how he tried to stop at us. But Lord, he never got enough of power to stop at us. Because the word has enough of power to hold him back. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just so wonderful to be back to the house of God again. And thank you too for all the specials. Uh, sisters of singing. Appreciate that. And the testimony, Sister Francine. Uh, the Lord just have blessed you. And we've been praying. And we see God move. And we're continuing to pray. And uh, we know that healing, one healing is enough. Which is keep what God has already healed us. And so we don't want the saints and try to take it away from us. It's so good to see Brother Jerry and your family. And the different uh, families is coming from the States. Uh, I think I better stop and mention names because they're just getting too many. Start to uh, trickle and coming in. Just may the Lord bless every one of you. And I have a one uh, announcement just before. Uh, we go to the scripture. So uh, just in this week, uh, the last brother, Brother Caleb, and who was in prison in China, he was released. So, and I think I, uh, I myself, I can feel the little relief now, and to see all the brothers that has been taken away to the freedom, but Lord has set them afraid. And so their testimony has to go around to the world, to wherever it has been the, uh, the went. And I know that the people from the different part of the world has been blessed by the letters that they uh, uh, sent it out uh, and the testimony that uh, uh, that they had, which uh, uh, is continually praying for them. And um, uh, they are coming out of the prison. They have a new life to uh, uh, face. Um, uh, the brother Caleb was, uh, just had a little time to with him. And so he said, uh, you know what? He said, in this prison, is it a hard place to be in? He said, um, you know, they, uh, they try to brainwash you because they want you, uh, they want you to come out of prison and you don't want to go back again. 
And that's the way they do. They said uh, they try to brainwash it in me. Uh, and they, they probably done the goods, uh, uh, good work on that. But he said, they can't wash my soul. Amen. I'm so thankful that the word has to wash it our soul. Amen. There's a nothing can take its place. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture, book of Joshua. Thank you for the musicians. And some book of Joshua, chapter 24. It was a bit of a lengthy uh, reading here, uh, chapter 24 and verse 3. And I took your father Abraham from the outer side of the flood and led him through it out all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I give unto Isaac Jacob and Esau and I give unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And he came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with the chariots and the horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought to the sea upon them and covered them and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt and he dwelt in the wilderness a long season and I brought you into the land of the Amorites which dwelt on the other side of Jordan and they fought with you and I gave them into your hand that he might possess their land that I destroyed them from before you I think God tried to say something to us. It's all He did. He said, I did this. I did that. Not one thing that you have uh, deserved to it, but I did everything for you. And I brought you into the land of the Ramorites, and through which you dwell on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you, and I give them into your hand, that he might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I deliver you out of his hand. And he went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Parasites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Gergeshites the Hevites and the Jebusites, and I deliver them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyard and the olive, olive, uh, olive yard, which ye planted or not, do ye eat. Now therefore, I said all of that is for this scripture. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if ye say evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, 
whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in those lands he dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to the uh, New Testament book, First uh, Corinthians, chapter five. Chapter 5, verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, Neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but it was the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. Whenever God started asking, said, um, I want you to serve me with all your heart. He go very lengthy to tell you why you need to serve me. With all your heart. Because I have done this. I have done that. That's the reason that God said, I deserve you serve me. I deserve you serve me, not just to serve haphazardly, but serve me with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. If God hasn't done that, He wouldn't ask that a question. But because He have done such a great thing, and He make Himself become a reality to you, then He said, therefore, fear ye the Lord. Therefore, serve Him with all, uh, with the, in the sincerity and in the truth. And in the Bible we just read, He said, uh, they keep the feast, and not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of a malice and the wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and the truth. So when we talk about the feast, I think that the first thing that we're thinking about uh, is the food that we eat. And sometimes we're uh, going, uh, you're going to a certain family and they, they put up the, uh, the feast and the, uh, the, the different dishes. Uh, it, was just a, it was just a marvelous. I think that the believer had a one character that in common, uh, we don't drink, uh, we only drink in church. Uh, <laughs> we only drink when we come to the church and then we're drinking in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we eat, um, so that physically speaking and um, spiritually speaking, uh, all the believers that are good eaters, and uh, they know how to enjoy food, and uh, they go to the families that they always uh, they put up uh, the big feast for uh, for everyone. And we eat till the time that, that we just cannot eat anymore. Uh, Sister Julie, thank you. At that time, when I was in the states, and she put down the salmon and the different things, uh, uh, it, it was just a tremendous. Uh, you enjoyed it uh, so. Uh, so much at that offered, and a different believer. And I've been into her house, and I really enjoyed it, uh, the feast uh, that you put it on. But you see, to uh, go to the, the feast, uh, eating for the food actually is not the most important thing, because uh, uh, when we go to have a time together, uh, eating is just a part of it. But in the main thing, we want to have a fellowship. 
We want to talk about it in the Word. We want to uh, talk about the different things that are in our life and uh, uh, share what the Lord has done to us. So there is, um, if I can say this way, uh, every feast uh, has a purpose behind it. And so, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, you're thinking about um, uh, the businessmen so that they go out uh, uh, to eat. And uh, they uh, said, uh, you know, I'll meet you in a certain restaurant. Uh, let's have a coffee or let's uh, have, a, uh, have some food uh, to eat. Uh, but the, the purpose is not sort of just eating the food. The purpose is uh, they want to talk it over about their business so that they can agree, make an agreement to the deal. And you think, and uh, the young people, I know they enjoy the time together. And they go out to the eat, uh, some go McDonald's, some go to the, uh, the NW, the burger and then things. I don't think that they really, uh, they get together just for the purpose of the eating. The purpose they get together because they want to have a fellowship. They want to talk and because they're uh, in the same age and they have something in common so they can talk a little about. So when a young man invited a young girl and to, to come out to, to, to eat, uh, that's very dangerous because, uh, uh, when you go out to eat, you want to choose the place, uh, the restaurant, uh, the light has to be right, uh, the atmosphere has to be right, uh, the, the food that has to be right, uh, and the, the dresses put on, put a tie on, uh, well, I, I guess that's old timer, now they just dress whatever that's constant, but, um, you know, they want to impress the, the girl, and uh, they pay for the girl's mail. I hope you pay for the girl's mail. <laughs> and they pay for it, and uh, and uh, they pay the $20 for the burger. They put, put, probably put the $40 for the tips. Uh, maybe that tips that they borrowed from their friends. Because they want to impress uh, the girl. Because they're, they want to they have something they, uh, they want to get together uh, that are with him. And if the young man asks you, your father says, said um uh, you know, certain so and so, I would like to invite you, uh, to have a coffee. Uh, you know what's coming. So you are fathers, you gotta be prepared for that. And I remember, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's get back to the subject. So it was a, when we talk about the feast, it was a something, it was always to have a secret agenda behind it. So it was always to have a something, is um, the feast that wanted to put it up is not something without purpose. The purpose is uh, while you are having the feast, while you are eating, while you are starting talking, then the purpose of it starts to release. And we find out uh, uh, that in the Bible, it had uh, uh, many of uh, the feast that was talking about. And some is a good feast, some is a bad feast. And some of these are the good feasts, like the the feast of unleavened bread, the, the feast of the, the Passover, and uh, the one they uh, go to to eat. The one they are in that the feast, they might have, they must have uh, the certain attitude, because the eating into the, the feast it's not just to go to the eat. You must eat with the certain uh, uh, attitude in it. So when you have the, the, the Passover. They have to with a, a sweat on their brows. They have to put a, uh, the belt on it on. Because the, the feast is indicated for them, you're ready to leave. This is the time to go to, the, to have the exodus. So that's why the one they're eating, they're eating with a different attitude. And when it comes to the, the feast of the tabernacle, that's the, the feast that you have to carry the different, uh, different uh, the attitude. I think Brother uh, Tim 
uh, preached it at one time and about to the Feast of the uh, Tabernacle. It was a masterpiece that of what he was uh, preaching it on. And I said that, you know, it's the joyful time. It's not that at the time of a sad. So when you go to the certain feast, if your attitude is, is not right, if you really don't understand uh, the meaning of it, the, the purpose of it, or the agenda behind it, you carry on a different attitude. Though you were eating, you didn't get a benefit from it. Think about that. The people, they might be eating the lamb, they might be eating the unleavened bread during the excess time. But, but if you're not in a hurry, if they're, if they're not they come to that point to become a desperate, they will be left behind. You, even when you're eating the feast, there is a certain attitude, there's a certain mode that you have to be get into. If I can say you have to be get into the spirit of the feast in order to draw all the benefits from the feast. So then there was a summary uh, this is the good feast. There's some of the, the bad feast. And then they call to the feast of the Bill, uh, uh, Bill uh, Peor. And then the book of Numbers 25. And then if you go back, you can read it. And also Moab said so that they invited the Israel to come. And um, they invited them to come and drink and then they eat. But while they're eating, eating and drinking is not to the purpose. When they come to the, the site of Abel Peor, when those uh, Moab and the woman start to dancing, start to invite them all over, the Bible said that they bow down to their God. In another word, the purpose of the feast that it's not just eating, it's not just fellowship, it's not just social, it's not just something they were talking about. They had a deeper meaning of that. They want them to worship the same God that those of Israel as the worship. You know that Satan in this age, he has been doing things in such a way, he hided his as a purpose. He put up a feast in front of you, but there was a secret agenda behind that. When they give you the promotion and when they require you to put up your time to work and want to do all those kind of things, he got a secret plan behind it. All he wanted, he wants you to worship to him. But God said to worship the Lord God. And that's his the only Lord. And then you're thinking about the different other feasts. In the book of Esther, one of the queen of Ashti has her own feast. Then here she was entertaining the, the, the people in the royal hall, uh, royal, uh, the royal court, and they invite them all over and have a tea or have their coffee, uh, which is fine, you know, they, because they're they're the woman in the court. They they needed to have the time of a fellowship, but when the fellowship is becoming more, they're probably talking about the different things. Um, then they're. Uh, maybe start to talking about uh, what is the current event, uh, you know, Susie. What is the current event, uh, or or Lily, or whoever uh, that is. Then they started talking about uh, uh, who put uh, the new post uh, on the Facebook, and maybe they started talking about uh, what is the new uh, uh, new status on the WhatsApp and everything. And as the time it goes on, which is fine. I'm not saying that you're not uh, having the, the fellowship, but while they're having all those uh, fellowship, and the, the king said. A call vast it out. But I guess that this queen was too caught up with all the events and all the things that it influenced that she maybe had on the other woman. And she's thinking she's had the ability or the authority. She doesn't have to listen to the king. Am I too fast? Okay. Or are you too slow? So you see, there was always a have the secret of the agenda. There was always having the purpose behind it at each feast. And you need to have the discernment of the spirit to discern what is the purpose behind it before you go into a feast. 
When you know that's the feast that the God put it in before you, you put a whole effort to it into it. When you saw there was something ambiguous, it's not as clear as they say, stay out of that. And when God has put up the feast, that in this verse that we're talking about, that God's only provided a place of worship. But Abraham said, uh, He said, now him in view, we, we see now all denominations and the creeds left behind. For he is the pure, unchangeable word of a God, which is the unleavened, unleavened bread. When God has this feast, there is only one food. That food is called unleavened bread. It's not that uh, with the other things, but just the one single food that for the people to eat, that is the unleavened Leavened bread. And who is the unleavened bread? Christ Jesus. He is the unleavened bread. St. John first. That's right. He is the unleavened bread. So you add this or add that. It's leavened added to what's already been originally given for you. So when God provided the feast, there is only the one dish that I put it before you. That is the unadulterated word of God. There is no mixing into it. There is no hybriding into it. There is no sprinkling salt on there. There is no sprinkling of sugar on it. It's just a pure, sometimes ugly, unleavened bread. It's not that how you taste it. Because when God invites you to over, He doesn't want you to be mixing it around with anything else. He only wants you to eat His Word. If anything, this is not according to God's Word, don't even taste it. Because there is a poison into it. If there is anything sprinkled in and on God's word, don't taste it. Because there is a poison on it. Because when God gave it to you, He gave you the pure, unadulterated, proof to the word of God in that hour. And He said to them, look here, what's killing the race today? They've taken the hybrid things. And when you hybrid it, you killed it. Oh, it looks more pretty. Sure, hybrid corn, corn flakes, all the other cereals that it comes out of a corn. Hybrid corn, great, big, nice looking stock. And the great big ears look like twice as good as the other. But it's a death. Science even finds that out. See, don't cross it. It will kill you. And even in the Bible, in the Luke 13 uh, ch- uh, chapter 13 and verse uh, uh, 20. And then again, he said, A word unto shall I liken to the kingdom of a God. He said, It's like a leaven, which a woman took and the hide in its free measure of a male, till the whole was leavened. And if we're talking about it in the scripture, it is the woman hided the leaven that in the male. It's not a public lady that put it in there, but she hides it in there. We know that a woman is a, is a type of the church. And we know that the leaven is a type of a sin. It's a type of unbelief. And the male is the word of a God. When the church starts you to put to the leaven, sin, unbelief, even just one bit, and into the, the word of a God, and it is one little leaven, is supposed to expand it to the whole lump. It leavens it to the whole lump. So that's why it becomes to us, we needed to be strictly believed that the pure word of a God. 
You don't understand that that's not the problem. But you must be keep true. Be sincere to the truth. And that's the title I want to be put it on. Be sincere to the truth. It's that you must be sincere to the right thing. When God proved to you the truth, when God proved to you to the certain things, to the things that He did to you, He required the certain attitude, the certain level of attitude, the certain level of a dedication to what He has proved to be the truth. And you must be guarded that. You must be keep true to that. And get away of your own idea. Put aside your own understanding. But be faithful and only true to that truth. But in this age, we find out this is the age that was that have so much gray area, have so much things that uh, that the people are very hard to discern. And in the book of Revelation, chapter six and eight, said, "And I look, behold, that a pale horse, and as the name that set on him was death, and the hell followed with him." So come to this age is the age of. Uh, Nothing, it was to look like a black and a white anymore. It's become a pale. It become a gray. It was like a gray area. But the word given us the name of it. The name is called death. Though this is gray, but when you jump into the gray area, death start to fall. Death start to come in. Hell start to fall over with you. When there's a certain things to start to, you're not unsure. Watch out. You're in the gray area. Because of God's word is thus says of the Lord. There's a nothing uncertain. There's a nothing that was uncertain about the truth of God. Everything is absolutely proved by God. You said, what if there are certain things that a certain decision have to be made? It seems like I don't know why. Then don't make that decision. When God lets you to do certain things, He will make sure that you know, be certain of God. He will put those things so sure before you, so you, there's no guesswork into it. It's not that you try this out and try that out. You try the word out. If the word has a sense, so keep true to it. But Satan, he said, put it on the gray, the pale horse. So there was a something that was a, very hard to discern, very hard to see, uh, to, uh, to, to say, is it right or is it wrong? And when he do that, then the de- his name is death. It only takes in a message in this hour that a prophet who has the glasses, who has the eye of God can really discern that. And it can tell us what is the gray area and what is the death. And in the revelation of Jesus Christ, a church age book, but Abraham said, if they get a true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church. If you get a true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church. Did I quote the scripture? The woman take the leaven, hide it in the mill, and then it lumps the whole home. It leavens to the whole home. Though this is the kingdom of a God, but in that kingdom of a God, what is the kingdom of a God? It's the power of God. Because the kingdom of God is not by word, but it's in power. The demonstration of the Spirit. What does that do? That take away the effect 
of the word of God. When something was hiding in the mill, you were invited to that feast. But remember, there is a secret agenda behind it. When the devil starts to use that, it starts to do that, it takes the kingdom of God, the power out of God. The power out of the word. The word has no effect, no power on that person anymore. Though they still have the framework. The two spirit that are within, it doesn't take the framework. It takes the life out of the church. It takes the life out of a certain person. It takes the life out of your family. All you left become just a framework. That's the two spirit. That's what the Satan's spirit is to try to do. And they always do in a such an ambiguous way. It can be this. It can be that. It has to take the Holy Spirit based on the word to quicken that word to you. It's not that the Holy Spirit. Oh, I feel the spirit led. I feel the spirit is speaking to me. Spirit leads you to his own word. Spirit only based on the word of a God and the absolute truth of a God. But it said that uh, the two spirit within the framework of the Christian church. If you talk about a framework, it must be have a something that's resembling to it. And I remember when we were building the, the, the BCA. And the brother Kim has uh, led us in that. Uh, we have a wonderful time when we were building the school over there. And um, it, it was taking a few years of the process and off it. But in the beginning, and we saw the digging the foundation. And then uh, uh, the, the, the machines started to come. They were pre, uh, I think they pre-made uh, or something. The, the walls, they should lift it up to the wall. It was uh, like a bam, 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 bam. Something was really uh, uh, fast to, to do. And the windows in, the structures, and everything is out. You look at it outside, you look at a beautiful building. Everything was almost finished. And the words are, wow, it was amazing. It was done so fast. We're thinking, oh man, this scooter can be done within a few months, and then we can have finished it. But then the real work really start. The framework can have started up really fast, but inside of everything, it started taking time. Because the framework is not livable. The framework of having the outside looking, everything kind of resembling to it. But there's nothing in there so you can dwell in there. The carpet is not in. The wall is not up. The drywall is not in. The electricity is not in. The, the pipe is not in. The carpet, everything, the lights, everything. It must be made out of livable. Structure is not a livable. It has to make it everything ready. Then you can become accessible and living and study and do everything in there. Just a structure doesn't work. It just a structure of a church doesn't work. Just a structure of a believer, it doesn't work. It must be make yourself livable so that a God can live on the inside. Then there's a life that's in there. But you have the framework of the Christian church. Looks like it on the outside and everything that was just right. But on the inside, it's full of a dead man's bone and the uncleanness. That's why the Bible said, having a form of a godliness, but deny the power thereof from such. Be united? Mixing around? Tolerate it? Turn away. 
That's why in Joshua 24, 14, said, Therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Serve Him in the complete of your heart. Serve Him in the Word. That is said to put away the gods which your father have served. You think about it. These people are in the promised land. They already passed into the wilderness. They already in the promised land. Every promise of a God is it belongs to them. But in order for them to get every blessing that in that promised land, God requires more dedication. God requires them to, to put away their gods and to serve Him in a sincerity and in the truth. With all their heart, nothing else that attached to it. But only serve God. So that's why he told them to put away all the gods which your father have served. You think about it. They're in the promised land. But they're still carrying their father's gods with them. I wonder sometime. When we start to walking along. When we start to walking in this journey. We start to believing and it was, everything was great. We, we have the passionate the zeal for the word and uh, for the senses of God. We're interested in it. But as the time goes by, though in the promised land, but those people start to, uh, they had uh, the gods still with them. And sometimes, if we're not be careful, as to the time we're going along, we start to walking in this journey, time, year after year after the year. We start to collecting gods that's along with us. And uh, you know, when, when you first are living in a house, um, you're, uh, uh, you probably just had a little apartment. You don't have uh, much stuff that's with you. But as the time goes by, it goes on. And then uh, a little stuff, it become a more stuff, it become a more stuff. Your house, uh, 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 come to the point, it become a storage room. Just everything just piled it up. All your grudges piled it up. It just, uh, the reason is why? Because you don't want to throw it away. You start collecting. The things you collect is working in that time. But when you grow up, you need to clean up. The things that you collect in that time is working. It's useful. But when you become a mature, when you become a grown up, get rid of your junk. You don't, you don't need the, the baby shoes anymore. You're 80 years old. What you use that for? You don't use a diaper anymore. Oh, I say for my grandchildren. Your grandchildren is 20 years old. But that's what you think about it. That's the believers sometimes they do. As they journey along, before they know it, they start collecting gods. God gave you the job, yes. But when job has become a god, you're collecting something that is not right. God gave you a family and God will keep your family. But if everything you let your family, you let your children ruling you, they become your gods. It's time to get rid of the gods. I'm not sure you get rid of your children. Get rid of what you have collected as a god. 
During the COVID time of watching the monitor, we have to, to follow the rule, follow the restriction. But when COVID become a God, you need to get rid of that. When the church is open, this is your position. Why? Don't collect in God. Those God, let them be in the, not even in the ground, just throw them away. God has a promise in there. He led you to the promised land. And then everything that in that promised land all belongs to you. This is the time for you to become a mature. But then they become the different things. Start to become like a God to them. They start to collecting God. But the Bible said in the first Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I speak like a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish saying. In the rising of the sun, the prophet said it was a wave. They're talking about Jesus. Who's the wave offering? It was a wave over to the people. And the first time of their will come forth for the bright age for a resurrection out of the darkened denomination will be a message that a full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power. This is what God wants us to have. Because there is a life that in this word. Because I live, it live also. Speaking to his wife, because I live, he live also. This word given it to us is for us to live. This word given it to us is for us to have a power, but not at a powerless church. So it is a word. It has to be put in the first, in the priority, in the first foremost place. In a presuming, he said, and now the word doesn't use any Compassion. It got to be obeyed. The word it doesn't require you to have a compassion, but it requires you to obey. To obey words of God, the word of God is not all the time has it a uh, has a laugh, it has a smile in it. A lot of time it is taken out of hardship for the person to really subject themselves under the word. You know, he's talking about the I don't think that the police officers that during the COVID time and they come to shut some church down and close down this and enforce all the rules and everything. Probably themselves thinking, this is dumb. Why do they have to do that? But because they have been swear to the law, they have to obey it. And they have to do this according to the book. Everything, what is the book said, they must do. I think for the believer, it's the same thing. Something that in the Word of God is not a... It's not a pleasant to eat. It's not something that was to really enjoy, that is to obey. But whatever God has said, He doesn't require compassion. He requires you obey what He said. Because by obeying the word of God, He live, you shall live also. No matter how bad it cuts, how what do you think? How would you think it is to destroy babies and innocent women and things like that and so called? In the Bible, in the Old Testament, that's what God requires Israelites to do. Kill the babies? Kill the little fat baby? How can you, uh, how, how do you have the, even the, the, the hard hand to do so? But God required them to do. 
Why? Because one little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's the same thing started at the back there with his Eve. You look awful cunning. He said, you can't have a no leaven. When this mark is coming into your house or this token, you cannot have a leaven in it. That's the world. You can't love God and mammon, the world at the same time. All the cares of the world, all the cares and your craze and your fusses and your difference, you are coming to Jesus Christ. He said, but just deny one word. That's all you have to do to die. No matter how intellectual, how good it is. Jesus said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. One spot of a leaven rooms to the lump. One word of a God displays and spoils the whole picture. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, how do you know that's right? God approves it is right. He vindicates it. He said it here in the Word. Then He proves that's how we know it's right or not. He said that's why there's no gray area that's in God's Word. Because when God says certain things, He will prove that. But when God approves things, it takes time. God's will turning slow, but it's turning. But as men, we become impatient. We try to hasten the things that are to come. Answer me, answer me quickly, quickly. But God only take His time to prove His Word. Amen. To proving His Word is a process. It's not instant to the right away. God come down to prove His Word. He proves His Word as time goes on. That's why I think that our pastor has said, a time is your best friend. Because the time will unveil everything. When things are not clearly, don't try to jump in. Just wait till God to prove what is right and what is wrong. I think that's for our young men is the same thing. Don't make it a rash decision. For older people like it the same. Don't make a rash decision. When there's a certain thing that was not certain, just let God to prove it. Not said, oh, I'm watching it. You don't watch it. You don't have the eyesight of watching it. You don't even have the wisdom of watching it. Let God to prove it. Amen. Before the things are being proved, stay as your position. Amen. Let me give you an example. Does everybody know Michael Phelps? He was a strong swimmer. He got a several lots of a Olympic uh, gold medals of the swimming. But no matter how strong a swimmer Michael Phelps it is or was, how many Olympic gold medals that he got, if he jump into the muddy water, he come out muddy. No matter how strong swimmer that he is, when you jump into something that is muddy, is unclear, you will come out confused. But when there is a clean water, even you are not a strong swimmer, even you are maybe don't know very much, but if you go into the clean water, you will always come out of clean. You go into the washing water, washing water of the word, you will always come out of clean. It's the word to make it as a discern. Because in the Hebrew 4, 12, it said, For the word of a God is quick and a powerful and a sharper than any two-edged sword. 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's the word of a God can discern. If there's no word, if the word is not in the person, no matter how they try to figure it out, they couldn't figure that out. It has to be that the word quickened the end of the person. That quickened the word can discern every situation. And I was thinking about the thief. And that's what I was uh, spoken the last time. That was a nail down on the cross. And all he saw... He saw only it's the flesh. All he saw, he didn't hear it of Hosanna. He was not in the, those people when they were in the, the spirit. But one is the thief who was nailed beside Jesus. All he saw, it was just the flesh was a nail on the cross. He didn't see the, the healing before. He didn't just saw the uh, when he was at a preaching of the gospel, he wasn't in a prison. He never saw those uh, great mighty things that Jesus has uh, done. But that thief was nailed beside the Word. Because he is the Word that become a flesh. Christ, he is the Word, but he become a flesh. And then when he saw that Word was nailed beside him, what he saw is actually, it's the bleeding Word. Though he is on the outside of just all the flesh to the weak moment of Jesus, but he was nailed beside the bleeding bloody word. And in the end, in the, all the other people, when they saw Jesus, they saw just a man that's uh, tried to against their denomination of the tradition, and they tried to kill him and crucified him. But when this thief, when he saw, he saw this bleeding word, God give him a revelation that he's not only just a bleeding word, that an atonement, but he's also the coming king. He saw the word that is in the flesh. That is the thief that was on the cross. He didn't see the spirit. There was no anointing in there. There is no emotion that is in there. There's no greater thundering and the lightning in there. All he saw is the word. And all he saw is the word was rejected. All he saw is the word was crucified. But somehow the Lord gave him a sovereign grace, a sovereign revelation. He's not only he bypassed all the outside, he saw this is my cure. This is my savior. This is the one that will give me the salvation. Through that bleeding word, he saw the upcoming king. And it's for the bride of Jesus Christ. It's not that the spirit of an anointing. It's not that the spirit that tried to give it an emotion, give it a feeling or whatever that is. But it's the pure bleeding word led us to see that an upcoming king. It's the word living inside of you to give you the revelation. You can discern a situation, then you see the upcoming king. He is coming into his kingdom. He take the word to say that. He was not in the crowd 
when they are lifted up the palm branches and shouting Hosanna. But God gave it a revelation. He saw the upcoming king. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. All the rest of the people, they're thinking a murder is better than Jesus Christ. But for him, he says, this one, lowest in this lowest ab, loyal Jesus in this lowest moment, but he saw the great revelation. He's the king is going to come into his kingdom. When they released the Barabbas, and he was free, as I said the last time, it's about a political movement. But the ecumenical movement, they united it together, rejected the word, and make the word become a non-effect to the people. And then they released the Barabbas. And but this man that was nailed under the cross, though he was in this uh, uh, situation, in his condition, it seems like he lost his freedom no matter what he tried to do. But he was a real free man. Because if you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Though he was nailed and crucified, that on the cross, but the truth has set him free. And then the Bible said, if the Son therefore shall make you free, then he shall free indeed. Barabbas is free, but that's not a true freedom. But this thief on the cross, he got the true freedom. Because it is the Son set him free. It's not a government that set him free. It's not a church that set him free. But it was a kneel beside the Son of a man. And that Son, that bleeding word, set him free. Said, today you will be with me in the paradise. It's not that the uniting of the ecumenical movement has set him free. It's not a certain man set him free. But it's the Son of a man set him free. It's not that the church has set us free, but it's the word in this hour has set us free. No matter you feel the spirit or you don't feel the spirit, no matter you will step on the toes or not step on the toes, but the word has to set me free. Because if the Son shall set you free, then you are freed indeed. And it has to take the bleeding word to set us free. You said, I feel bound. But in the reality, if you receive the word, you are free. You said, I'm in a situation. I don't know where to move. But in reality, the word has to set you free. It's not on our word. But it's what it in the reality. It's what is the inside of you. That is the bleeding word. That the living word that you have received. And many people, they lost the sincerity. It's not that they lost the sincerity in the whole, but they lost the sincerity to the truth. They become a sincere to their feeling. They become a sincere to their feel. Oh, I feel something that was go through me. They feel sincere to their emotion. And they can, uh, they be sincere in many things, but they lost the true sincerity toward the truth. Because they take the true sincerity to the truth to bring the person to the freedom. As I said to the thief, it is not how much he failed at, 
It was an answer that how from all his eyesight, he doesn't see anything that is a positive. But it's about to reveal the truth to him that he saw. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When there's nothing that he can feel that it's about, he hold on to that truth. He was a nail beside that of the truth. We saw Jesus. He was a call to the Christ. He was an anointed of the one. The Spirit was the one on him. When it was a coming forward, it was a ministry. And it looked forward one said, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and be tempted by Satan. By the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God that was on him. He can go through to the wilderness and defeat every trick that Satan has. Because the Bible said he was a full of the Holy Ghost. And then it said that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And it's a theme and went through the whole region. The Spirit was on him that he got nothing to fear it about. There was nothing can resist in him. Because the Spirit is along Him. Amen. And remember, He's the Word. When the Spirit on the Word, it becomes a quickened Word. It becomes a dynamic. It becomes a power. That He can do anything, everything. There's nothing can hinder Him. There's nothing can resist Him. He can cast out a demon. And He can heal the sick. The Spirit was along Him. And Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord... Is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach. Amen. Think about it, what a service. What a privilege it will be to standing or sitting. To the Jesus face. Listen to his preaching. Gracious word coming from him. That word carried out of power. Because this is quick in the word. And he said to say. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recover the sight to the blind. And set at liberty them that had bruised. Because it was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the quickens that word, started to become a dynamic. And it's driving him as a dynamic in the mechanic to heal. To bind to the wounded. To heal to the people. To set the captive free. Because he got an anointing was on him. And then the Bible said he rose up. The people thrust him out of the city. They want to get rid of him. And they led him onto the brow of the hill. Whereon their city was built. And they might cast him, through, cast him down headlong. How the people in that age reject and hate this uh, word that's in the flesh. And they want to throw them out of a cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went his way. Amen. The Holy Spirit was on him. Yeah. He was a fool of the Holy Ghost. He has an anointing on him. Yeah. And the Bible looks for 41 says that the devil also come out of a man crying out saying, Thou art Christ. The Son of God. Christ anointed one. They recognized that anointing. 
They know there was something different than in this man. And he rebuked them and suffered them not to speak. For they knew that he was Christ. They knew he was an anointed one. Satan cannot overcome him. The denomination cannot abort him. They cannot resist him because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But when the Spirit left him, in Gethsemane, he was left alone. But Abraham said, in the rising of the sun, the Spirit left him. In the garden of Gethsemane, he had to die as a man. And devil's temptation is always in the weakest moment. Devil has tried him many times in a wilderness every time he failed. This time he thinks this is his time. The reason is because the Spirit left in him. When the Spirit left in him, he was left alone that in the garden of Gethsemane. When the Spirit left in him, when he was alone, and he became nervous, he became fearful, and he even went a little further, fell on the ground, and prayed, even possible, that an hour might pass from me. The Spirit left in him. He was not as what he used to be. He was not as when he was full of the Holy Ghost. He can cast out a demon. He can do everything. He can walk right through them. But now he was abound. And then he prayed, All things are possible, Lord. Take away the cup from me. He started pressing it on. He doesn't want to go through this. The reason is, the Spirit left it him. When the Spirit left it him, He walked on the narrow road with a heavy cross on his shoulder. When the Spirit left it in him, they flog him, and then they whip him, and spit on him. The Spirit left it him. When the Spirit left it in him, he was nailed on the wooden cross. When the Spirit left it in him, he become a helpless. But though the Spirit left in him, his is still the Word. Though the Spirit is not a fill to him, he cannot a fill to the Spirit anymore. But his is still the Word become a flesh. His is still the Word become a flesh. That Word never left in him. Though the anointing left in him, but that word never left in him. Though the spirit of my left to you, know you not feeling the anointing, but you are the flesh become the word. Here's the word become a flesh, but you are the flesh becomes the word. Though the spirit of left, but the word never left in him. It's the word. When he was nailed on the cross, the spirit left in him, 
But it's the word that said, forgive them. It's not that the spirit said, forgive them. It's the word in him said, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. It takes a word to do that. It doesn't take a spirit to do that. It takes the word. The quicken the word. When the word was quickened, it will never leave you. When you are born again, that word will never leave you. The anointing might leave you, but the word always stay in. In your darkest hour, the word never leave you. It's the word bear the cross on a rugged and narrow path. It's the word lay down his own will, says thy will be done. It's not that the spirit, spirit that left at him. It takes the word to lay down our own will, subject to God's will. It takes the word to say, Lord, I'm wrong. Forgive me. It takes the word to say that they done me harm. But Lord, I don't want to injure them. It takes the word to believe everything, Lord, is possible. Though I don't feel it, but the word has to say so. It doesn't take an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Though there is anointing of the Holy Spirit right beside you all the time, every time when you go into the trial. But sometime when the Spirit left you, it takes the word to hold you. When the Spirit left, the word still holds. Let me finish it over here. I just said the last one that in the prison was released. I was thinking about those uh, the last twenty months. This brothers doesn't have a one page of a message to read. In the last twenty months, they have no church to go to. In the last 20 months, they haven't read one verse of a scripture. But they have to quicken the word in them. I remember the time when Brother Ron and Brother Tom was preaching in China. It was a mighty service. And during the service, the one day when Brother, Brother Ron was preaching, and then the, uh, during the, the prayer line, and then he lifted up his hand. He said, the Spirit of the Lord just left. And then in the meeting, the young man, later on, without knowing one word of English, he said, I saw the angel just flying through the pulpit and go all the way to the door. And gone. And then the, the people in the whole worship, they're calmed down. What a mighty service that we have experienced. And I remember in the service when Brother Tom was was, was preaching and Brother Ron was was, was preaching. I was doing the translating. And while we were praying, I saw a young, I saw a lady literally with her hands crawling on the floor. 
from all the way back and crawling to the altar and just touched Brother Ron's garment as she was healed. The Spirit was there. And I remember the time when Brother Thomas was preaching behind the pulpit in Brother Caleb's church. And when he was preaching, he got a he, he, he got a little napkin, mop his, uh, his, uh, his eyebrow because of sweating, and he throwed it down. And I saw Brother Caleb afterward, he take that thing and put it in his pocket. Just a dirty napkin with a sweat on. And then a few days later, when in the church, when he was at the preaching, this is before he was arrested, and I was a young boy, was all of a sudden just cramped, just crawling on the floor, was a, was a screaming, because she would, something just hit her, hit him, he was a painful, and he doesn't know what it is, his face was so pale, it was like a paper, and Brother, Brother Caleb was, was preaching behind the pulpit, and I saw that, then he said, that we've, we've been hearing the, the, the preaching. We know God is our healer. God is not the brother Tom's God. God is not just the brother Ron's God. God is our God too. Amen. And then he walked down and takes that napkin and put it on the boy's head and just prayed a simple prayer. And that boy come down. And in a few minutes, he went to the nursing room and started to play. Why? The Spirit is on there. And when the Spirit is on him, and he filled the days is coming. He quoted the scripture, and to his church, he said, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. And two days later, he was arrested. Why? The Spirit anointing him to preach to that. Then I thought of and he shared with me about his time in the prison. And he said that they tried to brainwash me. He said he'd done the great work. Every day he has to listen to the news. And only the news of the garment had be allowed. Twenty months he didn't see it as his wife. Twenty months, he didn't see his son, five years old. Twenty months, he didn't see one person, but just in that prison. But you know what? The word still holds. The spirit that left, left him alone. But that quick in the word can never leave that person. Since the COVID began last March until just two days ago he was released, he hasn't seen his wife one time. But when he come back, he's still the same and even stronger. Then I saw, they sent me in a little clip. Those are people, those are in his church. They had a small little church. Got a two, uh, two church in a two different city. And they're coming in together. 20 months. They haven't See their pastor. Twenty months, they haven't been hearing him and preaching. Twenty months, they don't have a one service. But the word 
still holds. When I saw the video, when a pastor come back, not a one lost. They all come back quietly, sitting at their pew, raising up their hand to praise the Lord. The word holds. The spirit in my left, but the word holds. That's the word I believe. That's the word that you believe. That's the word God has quickened inside of you. Though you don't feel an anointing, though you don't have the feeling, though you go through the darkness, but that word, no matter what situation, that word always holds. It's the word that holds Jesus Christ. It's the word go down to the deepest of hell. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the word go down to the hell. It's the word go to the paradise. Clean up to the paradise. It's not the Holy Spirit, but it's the word in the paradise. It's the word live the, the captive of captivity. It's the word to lead them up to the sky. It's not a spirit and it's the word still holds. It's the word took the key of death and hell. And it kicked the Satan back to his door. And it slammed the door right on his face. It's not a spirit, it's the word. That word always holds. That word still knows. While the musician come. Even when Jesus was on the cross. Spirit left in him. No anointing. But the word still knows. It's the word said to the thief. Today. You will be with me in the paradise. It's not that the Spirit, it's the Word. Because I said the Spirit has left in Him. But even in that condition, that Word still knows. That Word can still go back to the Scripture. Because in the Psalm 16, 10, For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. The word knows in 72 hours the corruption was set in. But that word also knows before the 70 hour, 72 hours are set in, I will be resurrected. Amen. That's why the word without the spirit said to the thief, today you will be with me in the paradise. Amen. No matter you feel that or you don't feel that, the word of a God is thus says the Lord. Amen. Be sincere to the truth. Whatever the word has said, that is my portion. By his stripe, you are healed. He's a still God that set a captive free. He's a still God after the 20 months that the word still holds. He's still the same God where you don't have a church to go to, but as soon as the church is open up, you're sitting on your pew. Why? The word still holds. The word always holds. The brothers in America, the word always hold. God knows every situation, but God also knows His word always hold. 
Is that our right, brother Israel? The word of a God still holds. Your children might not have a one sign of a coming home, but a word still holds. Because of thus says the Lord, He said, I will save thy children. It's the word of a God as it said, Believe on Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. The word still holds. The spirit of my left, but the word always holds. That's the word that we believe. And that's the word that we have witnessed. He always holds. Satan doesn't have enough power. No matter which the spirit or don't have the spirit, but a word always hold. Keep the feast with unleavened bread of sincerity and with the truth. Let us be sincere to the truth. What the truth has said, give up a whole heart to it. Whatever he promised, it will come to pass. The vision, yes, for a little time. But he will speak, Allah. Because the word always holds. Let us stand. Let's sing, My hope is in the Lord. Oh, my hope is in the Lord. This time on.
that's in all my life. Uh, situation that it are in but the word is always a holy because the word has a, such a power I was thinking about all those as the brothers has been one through and ended at a prison and in there no word to read no written word to read and no written message to read and no message in a voice that they can listen but that word holds them all this time what a mighty God that we have served Whatever situation that is, but is the bleeding, bloody word can always hold us. The bleeding, bloody word always knows. Even sometimes you are into the unknown 
Seems like in the clouds, in the dark clouds, the darkness just set out all over you. But he said that that word will always hold you. That word will bring you through each crave, each wave, no matter how big it seems like. Let's sing to the song uh, uh, on the winds of a faith. May we. Father, Lord, how we so thankful for your grace and mercy in our lives. Oh, Father, we just felt like we've been lifted into heavenly places, oh, Lord. I just think of the song, Paul and Silas, and prisoners changed, Father, that night. And in their pain, they just began to sing and praise and worship, and they were free, Lord. 
Lord, such a deep desire in our hearts to worship you, to praise your holy name, O Lord. You are worthy, Father. You are so worthy, Lord. We just want to lift your name, O Jesus. It's the word, Lord. It's the word every single time. The word does it. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we so enjoy your word. Father, it feeds our soul, Lord Jesus. It feeds our soul, Lord. I just want to pray for the servants this morning, Lord, for the servant who poured out his heart. May you pour back into Brother Murphy, Father. Strengthen the man of God, O oh Lord. It's it's our light, Father. The word cometh in hearing. Faith cometh by hearing, Lord, and hearing the word, Lord. And we just want to... We just want to worship you, O oh God. Our souls have been fed this morning, Lord. And as we go upon this place, Lord, may that, that sweet Holy Spirit not depart from us, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just have a desire of worship, a desire of praise, Lord. We just want to thank you, Father, for all you've done. For the man of God, Brother Biscal, as he's getting some rest. And for Brother Thomas, he's brave. Lord, may you just grant them traveling mercies, Father. In the ministry here, Lord, each one that you've been called, Father. Strengthen up, Lord. Strengthen them up, Father. May we store, Lord. And as we go our separate ways, Father, may you be near. That unseen guest, Father, that still small voice present in every conversation, in every home, in every car, Lord. May you never leave us, Father. For without you, we'd be most miserable, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Send us on our way now, we pray in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen, amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. I wonder if we can just sing that song, Brother Ricard just mentioned in prison. It's a shame. They'll just sing that all together. You know, when I think of this song, as Brother Ricard said, I did think about those brothers. But not to the end of the pity, but I just feel the pity on myself. Lord, what you compare with a testimony like that. But you know what? The same word in them is the same word that it in you and in me. The same word, how they hold them, the same word is holding us, Brother Rekar. And I'm so thankful to think that one of the brothers is coming out with a smile on his face. He said, there's no complaint, no murmur. He said, Murphy, he said, I'm stronger before than I went in. He said, I got so much to gain. I didn't lose anything. Let us sing that all together. May that be the same testimony of us.
you feel the Lord to lead you to do and keep it in that atmosphere and may the Lord give you another wonderful wonderful time that's uh, with each other with your family and the thinking about it of the word and the fellowship it on him and every time when you're talking about him he will draw nigh it unto you may the Lord bless you I know that there are some new visitors uh, here sorry I couldn't call your name but uh, I just pray the Lord bless every one of you uh, if I haven't uh, uh, recognize you. I just pray the Lord to be with you. So good to see Brother Titus uh, and your whole family is here. Just may the Lord bless, bless, bless you. We love you all. Now you always uh, have a very, very soft spot and on my heart. I just pray the blessing of the Lord to be with you and that the presence of the Lord to be with you. As you may go, may the Lord bless you and shake hands with you, darling. God bless you.